Merry Christmas Meadows. That kind of has some good alliteration to it. Merry Christmas Meadows. And I like it. And it is an honor and a privilege for me to be here on Christmas Day preaching and being worshiping with you. Um, I don't consider it preaching, I consider it worshiping with you. And this is my role. Mark has his role. You have your roles. There's a lot of different roles um, when we come together to worship. So it's just a joy for me to be here. Um, Let me say a prayer. Lord God, thank you for the Christmas uh, story, the message. Um, It's impactful. It's true. It happened. And because of that, we're alive. We're not the walking dead. We are alive in Christ. And we give you thanks for that. And I pray this morning that as we look at the story of the shepherds, that um, we'd hear it anew, as with fresh ears and and new eyes. We ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the interesting thing about the shepherds is we've already sung about them in at least two of the hymns that we sang this morning. Did you notice that? Shepherds. So the shepherds are important. Um, and we're going to take a look at, at it. I'm getting some feedback on my mic. And in that same region, first thing, what region? What, what, where are they? So immediately, the verses immediately before this, you have to remember Joseph and Mary are traveling to where? Bethlehem. So that's the region, okay? They're somewhere in the region of Bethlehem which could be like we are somewhere in the region of Chicago. Like, if people don't know where Rolling Meadows is, where are you from? Chicago, right? And you might say, well, we're a suburb, a ways away. So they're in the same region uh, where there's shepherds, out in the fields. And, and what I have done is throughout uh, the slide, I've underlined a reference to shepherds because they are referenced continually. This story is about the shepherds. And we're going to find out some interesting things about the shepherds. So in that same region, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to fill you with great fear, Stuart, but I need to adjust your microphone. That's why we're getting some problems there. Is that good? Yep. Can you try that? Yep. Okay. Good? All right. Good. Even better. So I talked to my uh, daughter and son-in-law last night who are in the Middle East, um, uh, working with the gospel, and I said, tell me something about shepherds that you haven't told me yet. And they had a lot to say. It was really interesting. They said, well, the interesting thing about shepherds is when shepherds watch their flock, they always know where they're at. He said, uh, especially the Bedouins, they're out in the middle of nowhere where there's no landmarks, so to speak, and they always know where they are because they always know the land. He said the other thing about them is they always know where they are because of the stars they look at the stars in heaven and they always know where they are. If it's cloudy, they know the land. 
So they navigate by land and by stars. I just kind of found that really interesting. And my guess is that um, you see in the picture, you can actually see the star of Bethlehem. See it there in the picture? So my guess is the shepherds were looking up at the stars, and uh, for a while they've been going, huh, haven't seen that star before. Huh, I wonder where that star is. They don't know. They're not the Magi, right, the three kings. They know what that star means, and they follow that star. But these guys are shepherds, all right? The other thing interesting about shepherds is that uh, the shepherds, um, well, who are they? Basically, even today in the Middle East, they are nobodies. They're, they're just they're your average person at best. So it's kind of interesting. Now, what's really interesting is if we begin the story, story at chapter 2, verse 1, what, what do we remember? Remember that there is a, by the decree of Caesar, there's um, a lot of movement going on in the land, right? Because the census is going to be taken. And that's what brings Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. So I want you to see in your mind, there's this tremendous movement. When Bonnie and I come up to church from Lombard on Sunday morning, it, the freeway is really empty, which is sad, isn't it? Wouldn't it be great if the freeways were packed because everybody is going to church? But it's sad because people aren't. We have a lot of work to do out there, family. And, uh, but in Jerusalem uh, and in Judea and that whole area, there's a lot of movement going on. People have to go to their home city. So that's what brings them, uh, Joseph and Mary, to Bethlehem. A lot of movement. But here's the other thing. There's incredible activity in heaven. So on earth, there's this incredible activity because of the sentence. Everybody's on the freeway, so to speak. Everybody's got their donkey going, okay? And in heaven, there's this incredible activity, all right? So let's name some of the activity. There's the angelic, there's been 400 years of silence. No activity. No prophecy. No angels. No nothing. 400 years. Now you've heard that for the last couple of Sundays from the, us preachers. So there's all of a sudden this activity, incredible activity. There are the angels. The angels come and they speak to Mary and to Zechariah, to Joseph in a dream. So angels, all of a sudden, 400 years from now, all of a sudden, you're seeing angels coming and speaking to us. Wow. And then and they speak to the shepherds. And you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes upon Mary and John and Zechariah. Wow. So, again, it's like the sprinkling. It's getting ready to rain. Holy Spirit's starting to, to come. Pretty soon at Pentecost, it's going to pour, start pouring. So activity on earth, activity in heaven, and there's prophecy happening. Hadn't been prophecy for 400 years. But Anna, who most people don't remember from the Christmas story, but she's in Luke, she, she's prophesying. Uh, she's a prophetess. Uh, and Simeon, he's prophesying. And Zechariah, I preached on last week, he's prophesying. So angels and Holy Spirit and prophecy, all this activity in heaven, all this activity in earth. And then we come, so it, it's like there's this big announcement that's going to happen, right? 
pretty incredible day going to happen. And this is how God announces it. God announces this incredible event with all the earth moving around, with all the heaven around in the dead of night. Shepherds, uh, you know, I know, I know from, uh, from my son is in the, mil- in the military, Marines, was in the Marines for five years, and they have, uh, they have, have what do they call it, watch? Fire watch. People stay alive because of firewood. There's always a Marine awake. Always. Even if you're in boot camp, you have to learn how to do fire watch. And it's a little, you have what, a five by five? A rotation. They rotate everywhere. But you've got to stay awake. It's really important. And the shepherds, same thing with shepherds. This, my, I talked to my daughter and son-in-law. They said, there's always a shepherd awake. Always. One. Here there are many shepherds, but there's, we know that there's at least, they're probably not sitting around the campfire talking. The other guy's probably sleeping, but there's one awake. But when this happens, boom, they're probably all awake, and we'll get to that in a second. So it's in the dead of night, this fantastic announcement. It's in the dead of night. Two, it's in a field. How anticlimactic, right? Three, it's to a few shepherds. And shepherds are basically... Nobody in that society, even today. And I might have told you this story before, but my daughter is learning her Arabic, and she's conversing with her teacher. She's quite fluent in Arabic, actually. And she said, uh, this morning, I saw the shepherd taking the sheep. And the teacher stops and goes, no, 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 no. We do not call them shepherds. And my daughter's like, huh? She said, no. She said, no. We call them, my daughter said, well, what do we call them? She said, the keepers of the sheep. Oh, because shepherd is kind of a, a downgrade. You, you just don't call people shepherds. There's certain things we wouldn't call people in our society. In that society, you don't call them shepherds. You, you don't do it that way. So who are the shepherds? Not much. So dead and night in a field to a few shepherds, What do you think the Lord is saying to us? What do you think God is saying? That God is humble? That God doesn't need the pomp and circumstance? That if Jesus is going to clothe himself, as we're saying, in flesh, which is pretty humble for God to clothe himself in flesh, then he's going to appear in a humble way. It's not a grand opening. It doesn't have spotlights in heaven. So God comes first to the angels in the middle of the night in the field. To the shepherds, sorry. And the angels said to them, they're all awake now because, and the angels said to them, fear not for I bring you good news. So again, you see all the them, them, you, you. I, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So the angel comes, um, and they're all awake now. And the angel says, um, this is good news. And in the picture that you saw before, 
it looked like the, in this way I always imagined it when I was a kid, the angels are up there in the heavens, right? And the shepherds are down here. And the shepherds go, huh, I think that's an angel. Hey, Zach, I think that's an angel up there. But that's not what the word means. When it says um, that the angel was, uh, appeared to them, it means the angel stood right before them, stood right in front of them. So they're out in the field in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden, boom, there's an angel. And the glory of that angel is shining all around them. So they're all awake. When I was uh, doing youth ministry, I took a, a bunch of inner city kids who had never seen the outside of probably a three-block area. I took them up to about 8,000 feet, 9,000 feet in the Sierra Nevadas. And it was dark at night when we all went down to bed. And then a moon, the moon came up over the mountaintops. And if you've ever seen a big full moon in Chicago, you go, wow, look at the size of that moon. At 8,000 feet, you have never seen a moon so big. And it was like everybody was sleeping. And when that moon appeared, everybody woke up and couldn't figure out what was going on because it was so bright that you could, just, you could just see. like It was almost like daylight. It was remarkable. So when this angel just appears, all of a sudden, it's remarkable. And these guys are awake, and they're wondering, what is going on? And the angel says, says uh, don't be afraid, because I'm going to bring you good news. I want you to notice how personal this announcement is. I bring you good news of great joy. I bring you, who? Shepherds, average people. And the news is going to be for everybody. Well, how's everybody going to know? Did you ever ask that question? This is good news that will be for all people. Who knows the news? The shepherds. Who's gonna, how, how are people going to find out? They're going to have to listen to who? Shepherds. They're going to have to listen to people who are just average people like me and like you. I'm average. It's really important. The shepherds, I want you to realize, are the first evangelists of the gospel. Shepherds. And then it says this. Good news for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior is born to me. A Savior, the angel doesn't say a Savior is born for everybody. The angel personalizes it. Stuart, today a Savior is born for you. Huh? For me? For you. So if you're sitting there, I want you to know that Jesus was born for you. For all of us, it's good news, great joy for all people, but I want you to see how personal this is too. So when we talk about a personal relationship with Jesus, it comes from the shepherds because the angels make sure that this is highly personable. 
It's not a general idea. It's not a big idea, which it is. It's also a very specific thing for you. Josh McDowell talks about a woman named Teresa. And Teresa, he says this, Teresa shrugged, shrugged whenever she heard anyone talk about Jesus' death for her, which proved his love. She felt lost in the crowd. Quote, sure, Jesus died for my sins, she protested, but he didn't die for me alone. He died for the whole world. I'm just one among bazillions of people who received God's gift of forgiveness. But you see what's happening here? He died for the sins of the world. He was born for the world. Everybody needs to know, but it's very specific. So it is true that if you're the only one on earth, Jesus would still come for you. Still come for you. Still die for you. That's what it's about. Martin Luther says this, and I, I wish I had this quote on the screen. I don't know why I didn't put it there. He said, it's one thing to say Christ is a savior. It's quite another thing to say he is my savior and Lord. The devil can say the first. The true Christian alone can say the second. He is my Savior. You know what the, the shepherds could certainly say? The angel said, for to you is born this day a city. Yeah, personal, my Savior. My Savior. And then the, uh, we continue. It says, and this will be a sign for you. See, it's, just, it's all about the shepherds. You, 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 you. This will be a sign for you. You. We'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The shepherds are ordinary people by any definition. Ordinary people. No seminary training. No moody training. No Bible training. Ordinary people. But they will do an extraordinary thing. They will seek out Joseph and Mary. And they will evangelize Joseph and Mary, so to speak. We all need to be re-evangelized all the time, right? We preach the good news to each other because we constantly need to hear the good news, always. And, and the shepherds, are gonna, who are ordinary, are going to do the extraordinary. So here's my definition of evangelism. Evangelism is ordinary people like you and me sharing an extraordinary message. The ordinary sharing a message that's extraordinary. And guess what? It's not a complicated message. Here's the, here's the message that the shepherds have to share. Uh, Jesus is born for you. Think you can do that? Probably. You don't need a lot of education. You don't need a lot of training. 
You don't have to read books on how to do evangelism. What you need to know is the story. And for unto you, you, this day is born Savior. Oh. And then you want to keep reading the gospel, say, and the Savior who was born for you saved you. How? On the cross. Oh. So evangelism is ordinary people sharing an extraordinary message. And then this. I love this. And suddenly, just like suddenly there was an a angel right in front of these guys, there was a multitude of the heavenly host. You see that word host? you know what kind of word that is? It's a military word. It's a military word. And it means an army. So I don't want to dash anybody's Christmas, okay? But it was not a choir of angels. It was an army of angels. And they're praising God and saying they're not. It would be awesome if you had the, the Marine Corps singing. But my guess is that they don't sing. I've seen the Marine Corps. I've been at graduations. I've been, they don't sing. Maybe in the showers. Do they sing the showers, Brandon? <laughs> okay, so here's an army praising God, which has got to be remarkable because there's thousands. A host is armies. It's just thousands of, of army uh, saying, Glory to God in the highest on, on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And different translations that you read may say it differently, but they're all basically the same thing. So you have this remarkable thing uh, happening in the heavens. To who? To shepherds. Who are shepherds? Ordinary people. Born this day to who? To you guys. Oh. When the angels went away from them, oh, should have had them underlined, into heaven, the shepherds should have had shepherds underlined. You see how much this is about shepherds? How personal this is? It's all about you guys. We want you to know Jesus for you. Jesus for the ordinary. Said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing. If your translation says thing, that's an acceptable translation. I like the translation word. Let's see this word that has happened. Because actually, that the, the, in the Greek, what's translated thing is mostly translated word throughout the Bible and the Old Testament. The prophets talk about the word, okay? Which had been made known to who? Us. The words can be used three different times in this in. in in, in the remainder of this chapter, in, in the remainder of the, these verses. It's about the word. And it's really important, I think, that they're going to say of this word that has happened, this word that has come to be. Because, um, so this word is translated that way when Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every thing that comes out of the mouth of God. You can't translate it that way. But how did you learn it? by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And that's how it should be translated. 
Because when God speaks, we can live by it, right? When God speaks, things happen. When the word of God goes forward, you can count that something's happening. When God says you're saved, you're saved. You can trust it. When God says you're forgiven, you're forgiven. Well, he, he doesn't know what I've done. Uh, it's his word is good. It happens. When God speaks, it happens. That's why it's so important that we understand that the shepherds are going to go to Joseph and Mary and they're going to give the word which the Lord has made known to them. The, the angels didn't let a thing be known. They let the word be known. And that's all they can share, the word. When, Christ, when God says that a Savior, Christ the Lord, has been born, Christ has been, Christ has been born. It's happened. And the shepherd sees what the Lord has done, what the Lord has made known to them. We're almost done. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph. Again, I should have underlined they. I just kind of quit focusing on that. I don't know why. And the baby lying in a manger, a humble place. And when they saw it, they made known. See, it's all throughout this. They made known the saying, same word is word. So one time it's translated thing. Here it's translated saying, it should just be word, word, and what Mary will use it again. So they made known the word that had been told them concerning the child, and all who heard it at what the shepherds had told them. They're the first evangelists, and they're just average people, and it's not complicated. And we should all take hope from that. We can share our faith, not hard. Just look at the shepherds. And it says the shepherds didn't hesitate. What I find interesting is the angels never said go. Did you catch that? They never said go. They assumed that the shepherds were going to go. They said, you're going to find a baby lying in a manger. They didn't say go and find a baby. Just, they're going to, you're going to find a baby. And they go with haste. I like that word. When you ask your sons to shovel the snow, do you want them to go in haste? Or do you want them to go, uh, let me think about it for a while. Can I do it tomorrow? No, you want it done in haste. You do. Haste is good. Get to it. Obedience should be done with haste. God says it, okay, I'll do it. And part of the reason the shepherds do it is because it's been amazing. They've had an army looking at them, surrounding them, standing right in front of them. And they're really afraid. Of course, they're going to do it with haste. Yep. Going to do it with haste. That's a really good, really good model for us. So the, the shepherds are modeling evangelism for us. It's simple. It's easy. It's just a word. And they're, man, uh, they're modeling obedience for us. Do it with haste. Don't sit around and contemplate. God says it, get out and do it. And they tell Mary these things and Joseph. But Mary treasured up all these things. No, she didn't treasure up all these things. She treasured up all these words. 
pondering them in our hearts. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as they had been told them. The shepherds share the word. Mary ponders the word. She thinks about it. She treasures it in her heart. She's thinking about what the angel's word meant for her. And when you read scripture, this is what you need to ponder. What does it mean for me? Savior has been born for you. What does that mean for me? So we learn from Mary that when we hear the word of God, think about it. Real quickly, I want to close with this illustration and then do some takeaways. Lord Kenneth Clark was internationally known for his television series called Civilization. He lived and died without faith in Jesus Christ. But here's what's interesting. In his autobiography, he talks about visiting a beautiful church. And he had what he believed to be an overwhelming religious experience. Quote, my whole being was uh, irritated by a kind of heavenly joy far more intense than anything I had known before. But, he said, the gloom of grace, as he described it, caused a problem. He thought if he allowed himself to be influenced by it, he knew he would have to change. His family might think he'd lost his mind, and maybe that intense joy would, uh, would prove to be an illusion. So he concluded, I was too deeply embedded in the world to change course. What about you? Mary's think about what does this mean for me? It means everything for her. It means her life is going to change. If you have not received Christ, think about it, because your life is going to change. You cannot keep going forward. This event that we celebrate this morning changes everything for who? For you. Not just the whole world. For you. The shepherds see Jesus and they leave praising God and glorifying God. Isn't that interesting? After they share the gospel, they've seen the angels, they share the gospel, and now they leave glorifying God. And that's what happens with us. So what are my takeaways? These are mine. You might have others. My takeaways. Accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning and have not done that, you simply are acknowledging Christmas and that Christmas has happened. The shepherds were told by the angels, he's your Lord and Savior. He's appeared to you. So come to the cross this morning. People will be there to pray with you, pray for you, and let who's ever there to pray with you know that you would like to accept Jesus into your life. He's come for you. Second, don't hesitate to share the word. 
my D group, uh, the verse we memorized the whole time was, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It was the power of God for salvation, first to the Jew and then also to the, to the Greek. For through it, the, uh, the salvation of God is revealed from faith for faith. As is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So don't be ashamed to share the gospel. Don't hesitate to share the gospel. If the opportunity opens, share it. It's simple. You can be a shepherd. Simple person. And then finally, treasure and ponder the word. What does it mean for your life? What does this day mean for your life? Let us pray. Lord God, we're very grateful for all that you've given us. We're grateful for Jesus and help us to ponder what that means for us and for our life. We lift up prayers as congregation. Sharon has a four-year-old nephew, Noah, who was just admitted to a hospital for deep suctioning in his lung. Lab shows some viruses, not COVID, but he's getting antibiotics and we pray for this little guy, God, that you just nurse him back to health. Velma requests prayers for healing for her leg and relief from that pain. She needs extended time off her feet and struggling with not being busy and moving. And that's always hard, God, when we can't do the things that we want to do. I pray, Lord, this morning for a friend of mine whose 20-year-old daughter died, and they don't know why. And she just died. She's only 20. And they're opening gifts around the tree this morning with gifts made out to her. And how extremely painful that must be for their family. So I pray that you would surround them and comfort them. And we give you thanks for uh, Scott, Rosemary's uh, son, who was recently hospitalized and didn't look good. And his condition just turned around and answers to prayers. And he's been released from the hospital as he's recovering in rehabilitation. And Rosemary says it's been like a miracle to see it happen. And we thank you because you are the God of miracle. And we pray for our missionaries across the globe. We pray for persecuted, persecuted Christians across the globe. Christ is the Prince of Peace. So we ask God that you would protect them and help them to celebrate a wonderful Christmas in those cultures and societies where Christmas is not recognized. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.